It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, at least this week, as we are in off-season mode. So going back to next week, we'll be back on our Monday, Wednesday, Friday summer schedule. And then once we get down to training camp in Spartanburg, South Carolina, on the campus of Wofford College, we'll be back to five days a week. So this week, with mandatory minicamp going on here for the Carolina Panthers, your Carolina Panthers, you're going to get an episode. Today, you got one yesterday, you can get one tomorrow, Thursday and Friday, of course, for the weekly Friday mailbag. And to be a part of that, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where you can either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council to participate every single Friday here on the show on the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked On Panthers. And it's important, too, that you subscribe to the show over on our YouTube channel and you make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on all the traditional podcasting platforms. So whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher, and all the other ones out there, you don't want to miss a single episode of Locked On Panthers throughout these summer months as we're only going to have traditionally Monday, Wednesday, and Friday shows. But weeks like this where there's a ton of news going on and we'll get into the main news of the day, we are going to be here, as in me and you, having the conversation about your Carolina Panthers. Let's go ahead and get into it because Baker Mayfield is someone that we have spoken about seemingly ad nauseum over the last couple of months. Panthers were close to trading for Mayfield on day two of draft night. A month ago on that Friday evening, apparently the Panthers and Browns that night could not come to terms on how much the Browns are going to pay and how much the Carolina Panthers were going to pay. We've talked to guys like Jonathan Alexander of the Charlotte Observer who covers your Carolina Panthers here locally, and he told us on the podcast a couple weeks ago that the Panthers don't want to spend more than three, $5 million when it comes to Baker Mayfield's $18.858 million contract here for his fifth-year option, the same amount of money. That Sam Darnold's making here in Carolina and a quarterback who is not the answer, at least we know right now, Sam Darnold isn't, and maybe Baker Mayfield isn't either. Who really knows? But the Panthers aren't willing to meet the Cleveland Browns halfway at this point in time. They weren't then, and probably right now still remains the issue as Cleveland is willing to pay $9 million of it, which, hey, great for them. I don't really see how Cleveland has much recourse at this point in time. Deshaun Watson has a load of legal issues that we've talked about here on the podcast back when the Panthers were in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes back in March during the NCAA tournament. And, of course, he ended up going to Cleveland after he told them, not interested. I'm either going to go to Atlanta and New Orleans. But then Cleveland said, here's five years and $230 million fully guaranteed. And Watson said, I'll be there tonight. So Deshaun Watson now there and likely going to be facing yet another civil suit as the reports are that he might be facing a 25th sometime this upcoming week. And he's likely going to be suspended at some point this season. The Panthers open up the year against the Cleveland Browns here in Charlotte. I don't expect that Sean Watson will be there. We are expecting Jacoby Brissett, who they signed to be the backup to Deshaun Watson and who they're planning on being their starting quarterback as long as Watson is out to be the starter there week one. And then Josh Dobbs would be his backup. Now, what does that mean for Baker Mayfield? Well, Mayfield, 
has been excused from mandatory minicamp that got started here today in Cleveland as well. And he's also said that he has no interest in going back to Cleveland. And the Browns have no interest in having Baker Mayfield there. So knowing that, why is he still even on the Browns roster? Well, the issue is that the Panthers and Browns, for the most part, can't figure out their salary. So why are we talking about Baker Mayfield once again? Well, Jonathan Jones, friend of the show, was on a couple of months ago with us, now newly named as the lead NFL insider for CBS Sports, formerly of Sports Illustrated as well, and used to cover the Carolina Panthers locally here for the Charlotte Observer, tweeted out Tuesday morning, as many camps begin today for the Browns and Panthers, trade talks between the teams continue surrounding quarterback Baker Mayfield per sources. The main issue remains Mayfield's salary and how much or how little teams will pay. He says there's urgency on Carolina's side to execute the deal soon, soon so Mayfield can get some time in minicamp with the Panthers. For the Browns, it's the best offer they have. Talks are ongoing. Joe Person, also a friend of the pod, who covers the Carolina Panthers for the Athletic also tweeted out in response to that saying minicamp was seen as a soft deadline for the Panthers on a Mayfield trade because they want to get him in and get familiar, get him familiar with his teammates and the offense. As Jonathan Jones said, talks continue, but Panthers want Cleveland to pick up a big chunk of Mayfield salary so far. No budge. So again, that big chunk likely for the Panthers to agree upon this deal as they're not going to meet the Browns halfway is they want the Browns to pick up between 13 and 15 million of the 18.858 million dollar deal for Baker Mayfield. I don't see why the Browns wouldn't do that. I also feel like for Baker Mayfield, if he really wanted to get his way out of Cleveland, showing up to mandatory minicamp would have been something to further uh, lead to him getting a trade, to expedite the process. Instead, he's away. He was not there for the team building event that Deshaun Watson held for them in the Bahamas, I believe, a couple weeks ago. He has been MIA, and he also has, again, no interest in being there in Cleveland anymore, and I'm sure he's moved out of progressive field as he was living there throughout the, his time in Cleveland as part of all those progressive commercials. But he should be here in Carolina by now if the Panthers want him. Like I've already said before to y'all, if the Panthers are going to bring somebody in, do it early in OTAs. Do it in the, session, in, the, in the first phase, the second phase, the third phase. Don't wait till now. Don't wait until after mandatory minicamp to get the deal done. And it is frustrating to wake up this morning and to read this headline, I mean, really the tweet, and see that the Panthers are now like, oh, crap, let's go get Baker Mayfield. Okay, well, why did you not do this before? And I get it, the money, that's the main hang-up here, and it's going to continue to be the hang-up potentially for the Carolina Panthers and the Cleveland Browns to try and get a deal done with Baker Mayfield. I don't think there's going to be a like-for-like swap between Mayfield and Sam Darnold. It seems that it would be Mayfield coming in here to compete with Sam Darnold. Likely, you would hope to start over Sam Darnold, then Macker on the roster, being brought along slowly, and then P.J. Walker as the odd man out. Maybe someone they try to store in the practice squad. But as Jonathan Alexander said, he's probably shown enough to where an NFL team would likely try and scoop him up off the waiver wire and bring him in as a backup quarterback to whatever team that may be. Just for me, though, okay, so with Joe Person saying it's a soft deadline for the Panthers to bring in Mayfield during this time, day one of mandatory minicamp is over. It's already over. And if they do trade for Baker Mayfield, say later after this podcast this evening on Tuesday night, as I'm recording right before 5 o'clock, that they get a deal done, he's going to have to come in and get a physical. He's going to come in and meet with the coaches. He's not going to have really any on-field time. Maybe on Thursday, the final day, he would be out there. But a lot of the vets aren't even really participating because they've been there throughout the entirety of the three OTA phases prior to now. So what is Baker Mayfield really going to get out of this portion of the offseason at this point in time? 
Like, why did you wait this long to try and get this done? It's just, it's interesting because yesterday, Joe Person had an article just previewing mandatory minicamp. He was talking about that. Matt Rule is coming around to the idea of rolling into the 2022 season. I don't know if you can hear that. I got like the fire trucks just going down the street. Um, but <laughs> but Matt Rule apparently was, you know, growing, was becoming more fond of the idea of, hey, I'll have Sam Darnold, Matt Corral. We're cool with that. And P.J. Walker, of course, rolling with those guys into the season. But others in the organization were still interested and kicking the tires on Baker Mayfield and trying to see if they could actually get a deal done this time. I'm just just confused by why this organization just takes so long to do these things. And a part of me, too, when thinking about the overall deal, and we'll talk about whether he really makes him all that much better or not, it just seems counter to everything that they've said over the last couple of months. Let me find I, – I went out to Panthers.com and found some chunks of what Scott Bitter has said throughout this offseason as it pertains to the quarterback position here in Carolina and how, you know, they don't want to be too reactionary and that they don't want to force things. And you go back to March 2nd, back when he was speaking at the Combine in Indianapolis, he said, you don't ever want to force a quarterback decision, but we're going to be aggressive about it and look at every single option out there. You can't just sit to the back and let things happen. We're going to explore every option. And if it makes sense, we're going to do it and we're going to be aggressive about it. Two weeks later, they were aggressive and all in on Deshaun Watson after he was cleared of all the criminal counts and went before a grand jury in two counties in Texas in the Houston area. And he was found not guilty. Now, of course, those civil cases were still out there and they are still stacking up as he's now in Cleveland. But the Panthers were all gung ho. Hey, let's go get Deshaun Watson. They were all in. Didn't work out. So he said that. Then back on draft night after round two and three a couple weeks ago, he said, you know, when, when asked if drafting being if, if drafting being more cost-effective than if drafting a rookie is, is being more cost-effective than bringing a better was a contributing factor in decision to trade up, he said, I've always believed in drafting, developing your guys. Obviously, there is a market out there. You can go find guys that are veterans, but we needed a young guy that, that is our own, that we're going to have, that we're going to develop as the future of this team. If you're trying to develop Matt Corral's future of this team, then what is the point of bringing in Baker Mayfield for one season? Like just to try and win this year, if you think he's a better player than Sam Darnold, which I think he is, but it just feels like a more of the same for the Carolina Panthers. So, hey, one year, Teddy Bridgewater, have a plan. He could be the starter for two years. You draft a rookie, have him sit, or maybe take over after Teddy's gone after two seasons, but they blow that up because they can't watch Teddy Bridgewater. They, meaning uh, the guy upstairs, David Tepper, he's no longer patient. And then they bring in Sam Darnold, talk about how he's young, has a great arm, loves ball. And then Sam Darnold was as bad here as he was bad in New York, which should not have been a shock to anyone who's watched them play. Then this past offseason, they're going after Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and all the talks about maybe trading for Jimmy Garoppolo, who's not healthy, and Baker Mayfield, then landing on, not really landing, trading up for Matt Corral. And there was a talk before the draft, the patience and building it. And there's a five-year process. Maybe it's six years that things finally get turned around here in Carolina under Matt Rule, as David Tepper said. All we hear is the patience, the patience, the process, the process. The brand is the brand. But yet, here we are, once again, having the conversation over a quarterback who might not be the long-term answer. It's not whether Baker Mayfield's better than Sam Darnold. The question is, can he be the guy? And right now, I'm not sure. So we can get into that. Let's also get into really how much better is this team if Baker Mayfield is here in 2022. So we'll talk about that and more right here on Locked on Panthers in just a moment. 
At BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at the prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of shopping online at BlueNile.com. Build the engagement ring of her dreams or celebrate life's special moments with fine jewelry. No matter what you're looking for, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and locked on sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusively includes engagement rings. Use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON+. Plus. Every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNow.com today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. As I said just a few minutes ago, it's not the question of whether Baker Mayfield is better than Sam Darnold. That is obvious. I don't see how you can make any argument that Baker Mayfield is not a better player than Sam Darnold. Certainly, you can question how much of an upgrade is he from Sam Darnold. I think it's fairly significant if you've watched the two play the last four seasons in the National Football League. Baker went into a terrible situation where his head coach didn't win a single game the year prior to him being drafted. He's dealing with Hugh Jackson, not starting out the season. I think Tyrod was starting. Then he finally takes over on that Thursday night football game, I believe, against Sam Darnold and the Jets, and gets the win as a rookie. And the Browns are, I think the Browns had lost all those, they had lost like 19, 20 games in a row, and then they had the Bud Light deal, where once they finally won, they're going to break open the free Bud Lights on all the Cleveland bars. Baker Mayfield did that. He went to a place that was desolate when it came to winning when it came to any sort of positive football culture and was able to turn around that Cleveland Browns franchise and organization to the point where they were very close during that 2020 season for, from playing for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, remember, it's knocked out in the divisional round game. Cleveland has control. Then Chad Henney, of all people, came out there and saved the day for Kansas City that afternoon. And then Baker the last season, injured his shoulder early on in the year with the left, the labrum shoulder injury on his non-throwing left shoulder, and that hampered him throughout the season. There was this spat with him at Odell Beckham Jr., and his overall attitude at times is not conducive to a healthy team environment, especially when you're not winning. But I love Baker Mayfield. I've loved this dude since the first time I ever watched him play at Texas Tech. I rem- Literally, I remember where I was at. I was in Midtown Atlanta. I forget what the place was. It was a pizza place with my buddy. And we were watching Texas Tech and SMU and watched Baker Mayfield, a true freshman walk-on, throw for 500-plus yards in his first career start. Dude lit it up at Texas Tech. He gets injured. 
Cliff Kingsbury's like, Davis Webb, I'd rather have him, which is a terrible mistake. He goes to OU, goes to the playoffs twice, wins Heisman Trophy, becomes a number one overall pick by the Cleveland Browns back in 2018. Baker Mayfield, a chip on his shoulder that he's had since that time back in high school when he was asked by Gary Patterson there at TCU to play defense and he didn't want to be a quarterback, that Baker Mayfield had to use all of that to get to the point to where he's at today. So it's like Draymond Green in the, in the NBA. You might not love Draymond. I personally love him. He's not here where he's at, where the Warriors are a game away, again, from Draymond's fourth ring. He's not where he's at today without being Draymond. We saw a couple games ago where he was passive, didn't have that same attitude and bravado that he plays with, and he stunk. Probably the worst game he's ever played in the playoffs. He went on his podcast afterward to talk about, I was terrible. I just got to be me. I can't just rein it in. That's the same case of Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield doesn't get to this point if he's not him. And I'm not going to ever tell anybody, especially who has that kind of personality and needs that to have success, to reel it in and be different. Certainly, you would love for him to maybe show some discretion at points in time, but you got to live with it. Because when you win it, you got to deal with it. When you lose, you got to deal with it. You just want the guy to be the same guy every day. We say about people who don't have that kind of personality. You just want them to be the same person every day, be consistent. Now, he also needs to be more consistent on the field. This past season for Baker Mayfield was not great. He went from a career a career year in 2020 where he was 11-5, and five, which QB's wins are not a stat. Either way, led him to the divisional round, blew out Pittsburgh on the road in the wild card. 26 touchdowns that year, eight interceptions, and he completed, let's see, where's completion percentage at on here? Can't find it because I'm blind right now. But he does that that season, then comes back last year, 3,000 yards, 17 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, was not great. So Baker did not have the kind of leap that you would expect from someone after having a really good year in year three, in year four, in the second year in Kevin Stefanski's offense. And there's a lot of reasons for that, mainly his injury, but also just the Browns weren't a great team last season and Odell Beckham and all that kind of deal. It wasn't a great year for Baker Mayfield. And that's led to him not being there in Cleveland anymore as they decided, let's upgrade. And Deshaun Watson certainly is a better and a much better quarterback, in my opinion, I think in everyone's opinion, than Baker Mayfield. But you can still win with Baker Mayfield, in my opinion. You can. I don't think you can win with Sam Darnold. Not the way that you want to win. Can you get to the playoffs with Sam? Possibly. If your division is down, your conference is down, like the NFC might be this upcoming season, you might have a chance. But the Panthers also have to play the AFC North. They got to play the NFC West. It's the NFL. It's never an easy schedule on any given Sunday. A team can find a way to win. Absolutely, that's the case. But I think the Panthers are better off with Baker Mayfield than they are with Sam Darnold. This team's not a quarterback away. Even if they added Deshaun Watson, they weren't going to become a Super Bowl favorite this upcoming season. There's still questions on the offensive line. Yes, we're excited to see what Ike Aquano can do. I know Matt Rule kind of hinted at maybe Brady Christensen still being there at left tackle. I don't know. And it may be Michael Jordan starting there at left guard. As far as we looked at it, as far as we look at it right now, so to say, excuse me, is that they're a projection. Bozeman, Corbett, who's played well in the NFL, Ike, all projections on how good this offensive line can be. They should be much better than what they were last year. And you can't really, you can't go anywhere but up at this point. But you still need to see how they perform and if they can stay healthy. Wide receiver outside of DJ Moore seems like a major concern, even though Robbie Anderson seems to be staying and Terrace Marshall is just shining out so far throughout OTA's mandatory mini camp. And we'll talk more about him in just a moment. But wide receiver overall is a question mark. Tight end. Can you get anything out of tight end passing game? I don't know. Defensively, 
is there someone who's going to emerge and be a pass rusher opposite of Brian Burns? They brought in Carlos Dunlap for a visit today and and yesterday. He's yet to sign as of this recording. So will they be able to find someone who can step up and play that position well? You know, is J.C. Horn, we have a lot of expectations for him. Is J.C. Horn really going to be that guy at corner? I just look at this team. There's still plenty of question marks where you don't look at them and think that, hey, you put in a quarterback, then they're going to go right there and win a Super Bowl. It's not the same case as with the Los Angeles Rams. That truly were just a Matthew Stafford away from a quarterback, from a Super Bowl. That's not the case of the Carolina Panthers. But I do think that Baker Mayfield comes in here. This team is a playoff team. And I'm already starting to drink the Kool-Aid. And I'll talk about this here in a few, shortly when it comes to Carolina and just the old team building aspect that, hey, maybe these guys are starting to like each other and understand like, hey, maybe you need to have a better relationship if you're going to perform better. I don't know. I'm kind of starting to drink the Kool-Aid there. But if Baker Mayfield comes in this, uh, comes to this team, I'm looking at 10 and 7 at the very least. Seriously. Like, 10 and 7, 11 and 6. I'm not sitting here thinking like, oh, Baker comes in, they're going 13, 14 games. But I think they actually have a chance to compete with Tampa Bay in a division. Like they should be better than New Orleans. I think Baker can, I think he can be better than Jameis. I, I think so. Um, we'll see. But I would feel good about being able to beat New Orleans. I, I mean, I already think right now the Panthers should go three and three at the very least in the division. But I could see them finding a way maybe to even go four and two in the division, whether that's taking a game from Tampa Bay. But I think they're way more competitive with Tampa Bay if they bring in Baker Mayfield than they would be with Sam Darnold. I don't think they're going to all of a sudden become a team that's going to go deep in the playoffs. Will they win a playoff game? I still They're going to have to go on the road. I don't think they're going to division with Baker Mayfield. But I do think they get better, especially at that quarterback spot. And having him, Christian McCaffrey healthy, hopefully Robbie bouncing back, Terrace Marshall having that breakout year in year two and the offensive line living up to the expectations. I think the Panthers are in a better position with Baker Mayfield. But is he the long-term guy? Hard to say that after what I've seen over the last four seasons. He's a better option for this year. And if you want to bring him in this year and have Matt Corral start next year, okay, I'm cool with that. But Sam Darnold can't be on the roster. He can't be giving up assets. I'm just tired of them giving up assets for these reactionary moves, these quick fixes. Like, you can't just put duct tape on it and think it's going to work out. Maybe for a season, if you think, hey, he's a better option, you can get rid of Sam for the like-for-like switch and then develop Matt Corral. But you're talking about let's have Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and Matt Corral here and give up another pick in 2023. It's hard for me to really get on board with that, especially when Dan Graziano, as we talked about yesterday from ESPN.com, is saying the likely scenario is Baker Mayfield's going to get cut. And if he's going to get cut, how stupid would you be, as in the Carolina Panthers, to give up draft compensation for that player when he's on his way out of Cleveland and they really have not much recourse at this point in time? So hopefully the Panthers can find a way to give up literally nothing and force the Browns to pay for most of the contract and then bring in Baker Mayfield, because I'm cool with that. But if they're giving up another assets, giving up some more bad draft picks, hard for me to get on board, even though Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. But again, he's probably not the guy. Can he be? Maybe, but probably isn't. All right, let's take another quick pause. And on the other side, we'll talk more about mandatory minicamp as we have some day one reactions. Matt Rule, Christian McCaffrey, and others spoke to the media on Tuesday. So we'll get to that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's NBA Finals. The Golden State Warriors now up 3-2, heading to Boston on Thursday night. Can Steph, Clay, and Draymond get their fourth title? We'll find out here in a couple days. And the Stanley Cup Finals starting on Wednesday. The Colorado Avalanche going up against the two-time reigning 
Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. You can also check out Major League Baseball and, of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In the middle of all the Baker Mayfield news, the Carolina Panthers are back out there for day one of mandatory minicamp that started here on Tuesday. Guys reported on Monday, look, they had a little bit of photo shoot as there was a photo of Sam Darnold snapping the ball to uh, Pat Elfline. And for anyone concerned about that, thinking like, oh, no, Pat Elfline can't be the starting center. Uh, apparently, Bradley Bozeman not feeling well. Don't know if he showed up yesterday. That's when they were getting their physicals done. But uh, also, he showed up today. I wasn't being, feeling well and still with COVID. I think we're still in a global pandemic. Uh, he was sent home out of precaution. So no worries there, but the Carolina Panthers are back there at the atrium health bubble and even outside as it's, it was not as hot today as I thought it was going to be as it was. If you guys were driving in Charlotte on Tuesday morning, God, I hope you were okay. I saw someone totaled their car on 277, which is really just another day on 277, but really in the rain, it was torrential downpour, but it turned out to be just a fine day here in the QC. Either way, I was talking about mandatory minicamp as Chris McCaffrey is back at the podium. Matt Rule was there. Frankie Louvu, Shaq Thompson. And one of the common themes that I really got from the day as guys like Shaq and other veterans were not, they weren't not practicing. Shaq Thompson said, we were, at, we were practicing, but we were more in a coaching role where they were trying to bring along the younger guys, the rookies, and teach them their position so that they could have a better cohesive unit. And one of the biggest things that I heard from them in the theme was buy-in about things being player-driven. And Shaq Thompson, even Matt Rule talked about it, how Shaq went to Matt and said, like, give me give me the team. Like, let we can handle. Like, we can run this team. And I've always felt like, in sports especially, in team sports, obviously, that the sports where the players really take onus in what happens on the field, on the court, that those are the teams that typically have more success. It can't just be the coaches. And especially here in the NFL – like Bill Belichick's done a great job, but he had Tom Brady, one of the great leaders that we've ever seen in the National Football League, and plenty of other guys who came along, like Rodney Harrison, who we, of course, don't love, and Teddy Bruschi, plenty of great leaders on those teams. In Carolina, we've had plenty of great leaders. Cam Newton, Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis. Like, when that team in 2015 went 15-1, think, like, look at who was on that roster. Cam, first in, last one out. Luke Keekley basically, like, they're both showing up there at the same day, at the same time, trying to fight. Who's you're trying to beat each other to the facility, and then who's going to leave last? Luke Keekley and Cam Newton, or you got Thomas Davis, you had Greg Olson. I mean, you had some great leaders. So when the Panthers, it's not a coincidence. The last time the Panthers were good, they had a lot of veteran leaders, and now you have some young guys like Brian Burns and Shaq Thompson, still considered a young guy, and Chris McCaffrey. When you just look at their age, that are coming along, DJ Moore as well, and becoming leaders in this organization and being that next generation of Panthers players who we hope can get us back 
to that portion of 2013 to basically 17 with the playoffs for those five years. And now you would want to have the consistent back-to-back winning season that we didn't get during that period of time, but you want to at least have the consistency of playing for an opportunity to hoist the Lombardi trophy, which we have not had here in Carolina since that 2017 season. So buy-in and being player driven has really been the theme. And because of me hearing all this stuff, is really starting to get me to kind of drink the Kool-Aid and buy in on the Carolina Panthers this upcoming season. I've talked about, I think, eight and nine is where they're going to land. Like, I'm starting to just get real crazy and think maybe this might be a team that just finds a way and becomes 10 and seven. Like, Shaq didn't want to get ahead of himself and say, you know, I don't want to think too far in the future, but this might be the year. And if we want to go by rule of three, see what I did there, year three typically is when Matt Rule has that leap. Didn't see, I mean, year one, they weren't good. Defense was pretty dreadful the most year, most of the year. Offensive line wasn't any good. And then y'all hated Teddy Bridgewater, even though he's miles better than the guy who's playing quarterback now. Um, that being Sam Darnold. Then last year, they got better defensively. Special teams-wise, as far as the kicking game, place kicking game, they got better. You could see how they were taking steps and how the defense had turned around in the offseason. And they're still... Some holes, literally, on the defense when it comes to not being able to fill and stop the run. But they got better. Just didn't see it tangibly in the in the um, win-loss win column. Maybe this is the year where they finally make that leap. And hearing Matt Rule, the head coach here in Carolina, talk about how he's gonna he needs to spend more time with his players and playing golf with them. And they had the whole Panther games last week where they were out bowling. You saw him on the field where, I guess, Matt Rule uh, saved the penalty against Sam Donald. It was a big shocker there. They're playing golf with Rhett Sifford. Um, here in Charlotte, it, it was cool to just see that team building aspect of it. And they haven't been able to do that. They haven't been afforded that opportunity because of COVID. And Matt Rule talked to me more about that today on Tuesday, just about how me and Scott, we had to do what we had to do so that the Carolina Panthers could play games. We could not be close to the players. We could not have the kind of relationships that we're trying to build now. And they went out to Stake 48 a couple weeks ago on the company card. David Tepper certainly has plenty of money to feed the entire sh- city of Charlotte. Stake 48 for probably 20 years straight. But they went out there and did all that. So hearing the buy-in, hearing how it's player-driven, is really making me think that hell, this might be this this might be a really good team this year. But they might find a way. Quarterback's important, and if they get Baker, then I'm all in on them being a playoff team. Not saying I'm all in on them like Baker being the guy long-term and them and them going to the Super Bowl. But he's better than Sam Darnold. I'm all in if that's the, as far as being a playoff team this year. If they get Baker Mayfield, and I, and I might even be all in even with Sam Darnold. Maybe he's going to figure it out. I don't know. I'm trying. I, I'm rooting for Sam. I'm trying to believe in Sam. And apparently he had a fine day. Almost got picked off by uh, Keith Taylor, who's someone who's starting to flash. Had a near interception. Had another deflection. Looking good. And that's someone that they really liked. Fifth rounder out of Washington last year. Who had to start the last couple weeks last season after he had injuries to, to um, Dante Jackson. I think Bouye had an injury as well. And then Stephon Gilmore. So you're seeing those kind of guys really step up. Chris McCaffrey went out of his way and talked about Terrace Marshall, who's taken a massive leap from last year. I mean, this time last season, he was injured. He was injured pretty much all last season as well, just trying to get his get back in shape with his knee. He had a concussion that cost him three games. Now we're starting to see the talent that he has that had him as a first-round grade and had him as one of those prolific wide receivers on that 2019 national championship team at LSU, along with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, who are both, broken out and been awesome in their rookie year. Like, let's look at this maybe as Terrace Marshall's real rookie year that he's actually getting a, a full offseason program and he's healthy. So maybe he can break out and be that next 1,000-yard receiving guy. I would love to see that. 
So the Carolina Panthers, after day one of minicamp, buy-in, player-driven, Marshall's looking good, Keith Taylor's looking good, got guys who are coaching each other. The veterans are really taking that opportunity to try and bring the young guys along. Feels like a healthy environment here in Carolina. Now, there's one aspect of it that does concern you. It's Robbie Anderson. You know, he's working out on the side, apparently has some hip, hip soreness. Not quite sure how that's, how that's the case, but I guess he's been working out. I don't know what's been going on. But Matt Rule was asked about the tweet, and he didn't want to answer it. He basically said, I, I mean, I had a conversation with Robbie, and basically that's it. He was not going to reveal what the conversation was. And he's like, I've been, I was a college coach for a while, which we all know, Matt. You don't have to remind anybody that you were a college coach. A lot of these folks want to send Rule to school after the season. They already wanted it to happen. But either way, he didn't want to answer the question. And that he's seen the tweet. He doesn't follow these guys on Twitter, and he knows, you know, how at least if it's an 18 through 22-year-old and they tweet out, you know, stuff about, hey, I might quit. Okay, whatever. That's just kid could be in his feels. His girlfriend might have dumped him. I don't know what could have happened. When it's an adult and a professional like Robbie Anderson coming off the worst year of his career and not being there the last couple of weeks for at least a third phase of OTAs, then you're kind of thinking, mm, what might be happening here? But clearly, Matt knows Robbie. As we know, Coach Matt Temple, they have a personal relationship that goes far beyond football, I'm sure. And it might be much ado about nothing. I would still have a little concern, though, over a guy going into the season and not being there the last couple of weeks for, of course, the voluntary portion being like, I might just retire. And one other note, too, uh, from Monday, Xavier Woods has been excused, apparently, from mandatory minicamp, as, again, his wife had a child. And I respect that Matt Rule. He said a couple of weeks ago, and he's certainly practiced what he preached, that he believes that, hey, I believe it should be voluntary. And... With this portion of the offseason, too, even with it's being mandatory, saying go be with your family. That's way more important than what's going on right now in June 14th. Now, of course, once we get down to training camp, that's when you need to really be there. So disappointing because I really want to see Xavier Woods. That was one of the guys I was talking about as I was uh, hoping to see what they could do this week at mandatory minicamp. That's going to wrap up this edition of Locked on Panthers. Again, tomorrow we'll be back here on the air for the show because mandatory minicamp day two. Baker Mayfield, will we have any news there? Carlos Dunlap, will he be a Carolina Panther? We'll sit there. We'll wait and see. And Matt Rule, not Matt Rule, but Matt Corral, Sam Darnold, what's their progression as the Panthers? Of course, are still trying to evaluate whether they want a quarterback or not. And if they have the soft deadline to get in Baker Mayfield in, will they do it? I don't know. So we'll get into all that on tomorrow's show. In the meantime, guys, make sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and rate, review, and subscribe on all of the podcasting platforms out there, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher. You can find this show and all of the shows part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council so you could either at me or DM me for every single Friday. We have the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked On Panthers. So the best way to participate is by DMing me at Julian Council there on Twitter. But first, of course, go ahead and follow me at Julian Council. In the meantime, guys, stay safe, be cool. And always keep pounding, and I'll talk to y'all on Wednesday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.